Tracy Cook and welcome to the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms but dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans like our guest today that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious that now support and inspire others to do the same. And I've got a little bit of a bio for our next guest before we bring him on and introduce him to you because he is a superstar. He is a world changer and he is the reason that he's going to get you motivated today with his story. And the title of today's podcast is Overcoming Self-Hate with Self-Development. Now, our special guest today, he's overcome growing up in foster care, adopted by a gay white single father. He has overcome homelessness, addiction, and has used self-development as a means of self-discovery. But wait, our special guest is a superhuman, okay? This is just the tip of the iceberg because he is awesomeness all combined. He is an author. He's a motivational speaker. He's a minister. He is a personal trainer. When you see him, and by the way, catch this on YouTube because we can tell he works out. He's a mindset coach and he is a motivator. He is the master of mindset. Yes, you heard that right. The master of mindset. And he commits to helping you live your life more authentically. He is from Cleveland, Ohio. He was also one of the 20 Power Voices impacting the world on Les Brown's Power Voice Summit. Please, I'm tired just even thinking of all the things that this amazing superhuman can do. Eric Sean, welcome to Victim to Victory. Thank you for having me, Tracy. It's an honor and a privilege. You're very welcome. <clears throat> I really want to showcase you and your story because it's the epitome of victim to victory. Can you please take us into your room and let us know who Eric Sean is, please? That's a very, very complex question. <clears throat> it's, uh, if I was to begin to tell you where I've come from and who I am now and the, the, the bridge that I had to cross to get there, you know, I was, uh, I was born to a mother who was let's say she was going through her own issues. You know, she had me while she was in, 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 uh, in prison. Um, so I was born in jail. And for most of my life, people tried to convince me that that's right where I would end up. Um, you know, I went into the foster care system when I was five days old uh, and I was in foster care until I was nine years old. And when I was in foster care and, you know, there's some great foster care homes, I, I, I would imagine. And then there's some bad ones. And the ones that I had, I think, were they weren't the greatest. You know, I experienced mental, emotional, sexual, physical abuse um, in, in, in these homes. And I always felt like that I was different from everybody. Like I didn't have a home, like I fit in nowhere. And I was always in trouble and I always did something wrong. Quick story. I remember when I had to be, I, I was probably about seven years old and I was on my way to school and I got into this fight and my shirt got ripped off and all the kids started laughing because I had these welts all over my back from, you know, one of the punishments that I had. And, you know, I got a scar on one of my fingers from where one of my foster moms went to hit me with something. And she was the type of mom that she would just reach and grab for something and she would hit you. And I reached back and it had a nail in it and slipped, you know, it slipped my middle finger up from all the way up. Um, 
So that's that's where things began for me. And by the time I was nine years old, I absolutely hated every fiber of my being because I believed that if my mom didn't want me, because in my young mind, that's that's as much that's how I had to, I processed it. That my mom didn't want me, so she threw me away. Uh, but I hated every fiber of my being. I found out when I was nine that I was going to be adopted, and I remember I was so excited about it because somebody wanted me. Um, I met my adopted father, and you know I grew up in the in in, in the ghetto, um, and my adopted father was white, and he was one of the first white people that I had ever come in contact with. And you know later I figured out that 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 he was a, from a, a different sexual orientation than me. And the problem was, is in hindsight, my father was a, an amazing guy, but I had so much inner tur turmoil and so many emotional things going on that by the time I connected with him, he experienced all my hate and my rage. And the whole situation made me hate myself even more because now not only did my mom not want me, my whole race didn't want me, you know? Um, so with my foster dad or with my adopted father, it just added a lot more confusion because now here I am hating myself. I'm in an environment that looks nothing like the environment that I grew up in. I'm going to schools, school with people that look nothing like me. So now I'm completely confused. So, you know, now I start to talk different and act different. So now I don't fit in with the white people. I don't no longer fit in with the black people. And at that point is where I first discovered drugs and alcohol. And that was a, a saving grace for me at that time because it made me feel like nothing else mattered. But you know, with, with, with most drugs that we, we, we find or most medicines that we find, there's always side effects, you know? So the side effects for me was, was that it, it, it disrupted my life even more because now the issue, issues that I had now, I stuffed them inside. You know, I wasn't dealing with them. By the time I was 14, I was in and out of drug treatment centers three times. Um, I had a, a, a brief period from 14, 16 to, to, to 18 or 20 where I had stopped drinking. Um, I actually had a daughter, which was the first experience that I ever had with actual family, with somebody that was really connected with me. And what I discovered is, is that I had this, because I had never experienced intimacy or that tight bond I didn't know how to deal with it. I mean, I could literally hold my daughter, Tracy, for five minutes and then it freaked me out. You know, then I had to kind of give her back to her mom. And, you know, that's something, you know, a whole nother story. But I struggled with that most of my life. Um, so I grow up and I had always told myself that when I was able to be in control of my life, my life was going to be wonderful. I was going to make all these great decisions. You know, but the reality of it is, is that until you deal with the things that, that you need to deal with, what's going to happen is, is more of the exact same thing. You know, Einstein once said that the, the mind that was used to create the problem can't be used to solve the problem. And so at my best, all I ever did was create more confusion because I was a very confused person. Um, you know, it got to the point where I started getting high again. My drugs and my alcohol got out of control. I started doing a lot of cocaine. I started losing myself more. Um, I got to the point where, where I was basically homeless. And what I mean by homeless is, is if you don't have a home, if you don't have a residency where you receive mail, you basically are homeless. But it got to the point where I was living out of hotels, um, got to the point where I ate out of garbage can because I had no money. Um, my life 
was far from being in better hands when I was in control of it, you know. Um, well, somewhere Eric, along the if, if you don't mind me saying, you know, your, your conflict and that inner turmoil that you're going through to try to find that self-discovery, uh, was there any point where you just knew you were meant for better or it was just you were down on yourself all the time? When I was, when I was 12 years old, I remember I was on punishment for something and I was watching the TV and there was a PBS special and Les Brown was on speaking. And I remember that, you know, when I was in second grade, they, they said that I was uh, mentally disabled, um, learning able when I was, you know, I always had issues with my, my, my mom throwing me away. And when I heard Les Brown speak, a lot of our stories were the same. And he was the first person who I saw that was, in my opinion, doing, had a very successful life. He gave me hope that, that I could do better. Um, but the other thing is, is that I believe that we're born with certain information, Tracy, and there was something inside of me that always knew that I was destined for something greater. You know, that, that voice, however small, However small it was, there was something inside of me that knew that there was something that I was here to do because it was the only thing that made sense. You know, all this craziness that, that happened in my life either was just craziness and God hated me, which I believed at one time, or there was a point to it, if that answers your question. Definitely, because it can swing either way. It's mindset, right? It's definitely mindset. It can go either way. No, that, that's fantastic. Please continue with your story. I'm, I'm enthralled by it. Um, it got to the point, you know, I, I, I stopped getting high. And, and the way, reason that the way that happened is I remember I was sitting in my living room and I had this thought that I could not continue living the way that I, I, I was living. So it wasn't that I wanted to die, but I would... I didn't want to live the way that I was living. So I remember I said a prayer um, very shortly afterwards. <clears throat> Excuse me. Very shortly afterwards, I met this Buddhist sensei. And, um, you know, I always believed that, that the saying that when a student's ready, the teacher will appear. You know, when I, I was ready, he showed up and he had information that was different from the information that I, I had ever heard before. He was able to say it in a way that I had never heard it. And I've always been up until that point, I was a huge chameleon. So if you said something, I held on to the information. So when you would ask me again, I would know exactly the words to spew back to you to make you believe that I was listening and that I understood. Um, but he would ask me things that were so confusing that I actually had to put thought into it. And, and the main message that I think that he taught me was, was that, I can choose to be a victim if I want, but the reality of it is, is that I am the source of my problem. You know, he would, he would ask me, what's going on in your life right now? What's, what's failing? And I would say, this person did this and this happened and this happened. And he would say, well, what's the common denominator in all of them? And the common denominator was me. So I was more of my problem than anything else. And he started getting my mind <clears throat> to think a little bit differently than I had always thought. You know, and I believe that's how change begins to happen. When you start to doubt the per perception that you have or you start to doubt the things that you have told yourself is true, then you're open for new information. You know, and he helped create that within me, which I think set up the whole beginning of my transformation. 
So was that almost yeah. like a sliding door moment? Was that the moment where you thought I've got the greatness within me and I've got to step up? And because everything that I'm actually receiving those messages, things don't change unless I change. Was that the moment, do you think, that really changed the projection of everything? I, I believe so, because that was the moment where I realized two things. Number one, that I am the problem, which is was bad, but it was even better because if I'm the problem, then I can be the solution. You know, it helped me to realize that I wasn't a victim. When, when I was young, all the things that I experienced I didn't deserve them. You know, um, I think that hurt people hurt people. So, you know, for whatever reason, I was around people that had their own pain and they projected it and inflicted it on me. But once I got to a certain age, you know, I was responsible for all the decisions that I made. I was responsible for caring my the way that I saw those things that happened as a child and the way that I took that information and projected it and 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 allowed it to affect the rest of the world and all of my relationships. So yeah, the information that I got from him allowed me to know that I was responsible for my, for changing my life, which, which shifted everything in, in, in my mindset. And we just want to be seen, don't we? We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to, we want to feel worthy. We want to feel appreciated. And we want to know that, somebody's got our back or, or willing to show us the way. And obviously that's what you're doing, you know, within the communities and, you know, for everybody that is following you as well. So after you've, you've realised all of this and you know that you need to change, what kind of self-development track did you go on to actually get you to next level, get you to get have this powerful mindset that you've got? You know, I, I think it was a series of thing. I think that that the first thing was was that I had to realize that the information that I had inside my head was not information that was going to help me to live the life that I wanted to live. Um, and so I had to begin to believe or hope that there was better information. So I went and I started seeking that information. The other thing that I did, because I believe that we are mind, body, and spirit, and it all has to kind of have a balance. Um Somewhere along the line, I started working out. And one of the things that happened from that is, is besides releasing the good hormones and um, just making, making you feel good, was that I, it allowed me to realize how things changed. You know, because I was this real skinny kid and I started working out and I started slowly seeing a change. And it, it was a slow process. But every single day that I went to the gym, things began to change and I started to see different things. Um, and it allowed me to understand that that's how change occurs, you know. So then I, I started seeking out this different information and I started slowly applying it to my life. And, and, and you know, change is like an, a peeling back an onion. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, there's so many layers, you know. I started listening to Les Brown and I started listening to Wayne Dyer. And I think um, from the things that I listened to and, and the books that I read, it started to create a lot more hope and a lot more possibility, you know, and the more I moved towards possibility, it allowed me to move away from the hopelessness that I, that, that I was experiencing. You know, and I'm so um, glad you mentioned the connection between mind and body and spirit as well, because it's holistic, right? Our journeys are holistic. 
So you've just bought everything together. And I loved how you said it's an onion. We're peeling away those layers. And part of self-development is getting the mindset strong. So when you, you're working out, you're getting your mindset strong, where does that bring you to for the transformation side of things? Because this is the change. What happened during the transformation side of things for you with the self-development? I, I, I met somebody one time and they basically allowed me to live in it. They helped me to live in a mental space that I think was for me, earth shattering. Somebody once said to me that um, number one, I wasn't responsible for my childhood because I, for some strange reason, I blame myself for my mom giving me up. And I believe that if I was there, I would have saved her. I'm a seven year old kid at that point. Right. But that's how my mind's thinking. Somebody basically said to me that what if our parents have really no other that that we're children of God and we're here on a mission and basically our parents are portals for us to get here. But the way they said it allowed me to disconnect from all the the shame and, and, and the issues of my mom throwing me away and believing that my mom and my dad both did their job. You know, they the universe brought them together to create me, to allow me to be here to do whatever it was that I was supposed to do. And for some reason that allowed that, that was so freeing for me. Um, but during, during the period of transformation, there's really not a lot of fun stuff. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of soul searching, which is something that most people don't want to do because you have to see the truth about yourself. You have to, you have to own all the things that, that, that you did, you know, I had to own all the pain that I caused other people. I had to, I had to own all the decisions that I made, you know? Um, and once you can sit back and you can own all of that stuff, you start to realize that you're nothing like you, you're not who you thought that you were, you know? And, and I've always been a very loving person. <clears throat> you know, one of my, my, my main goals is to raise that, the, the vibration of love on the planet and, and to just and to be this world-renowned motivator. I was so far from that at that moment. You know, I was so far from that. Um, and we, we, we come to a place where we realize that there's two roads to take. We can continue on the road that we're on, which is easier sometimes because we're so familiar with the, with the route. You know, we, we're so familiar with the terrain or, or the other thing is, is that we can realize that we're here for something greater. And, and I think that that's, I remember back to the Les Brown thing. And I knew that there was this whole other road that I haven't traveled, you know, um, and we're always confronted with that choice. And I think we're confronted with that choice maybe a hundred different times along, along the route. You know, we can even, we can either stay in this place of, of being comfortable or we can, we can uh, maybe it was Jack Frost who said, we can take the road less traveled, you know? Um, and one of the things, and I don't know where, where it came from. I don't, I don't sometimes know um, why I've been so blessed with it, but I've always believed in the resilience of the human spirit. So even in my worst period of time, if you separate my delusion, my intent and my heart was always focused on helping people. I've always loved people. Um, and so that love, I think, 
allowed me to maneuver through all of that. You know, the love for people and wanting to understand what made people work. And, you know, that's what got me involved in being a mindset coach. You know, that's what got me into being a personal trainer. That's what, you know, was a motivating force of, of me writing motivational material um, is that even when I hated myself, I still always believed that this the, the life experiences of other people, a lot of times to a fault, was worth investing in, if, if that all made sense. Oh, that makes complete sense. And literally, I have got goosebumps because that is so powerful and holding up that mirror and really, really looking at ourselves, warts and all, and breaking it all down and peeling away that that onion. It's, it's hurtful. And we want to be able to shrink and play small and just go down that, uh, that, that road that's familiar. But it doesn't get us anywhere, does it? It just doesn't get us anywhere. We're just digging the same hole and crawling out of it and digging the same hole and crawling out of it. We've got to take that road less travelled because that is where the growth is and growth hurts and it's icky and it's horrible. But what you get on the other side, wow, your words are just so powerful, Eric. They really are. And today you're helping many people as a mindset coach, as a personal trainer through your books and things like that as well. So you are definitely the hope that the world needs to see. Um, what kind of message would you like to leave our audience on today? You know, I... I uh... I was I looked outside yesterday and, and right now the weather here is is, uh, you know, spring's coming along. Things are, are, are growing. And, you know, I looked outside and all of a sudden I realized that the trees had these they had, they had blossoms. And um, it seemed like just yesterday they were all bare. But now they had all this 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 greenage. Um, and I think that that's the way that life is, because the trees do. They they just exist and, 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 and they follow their path of what they're supposed to do. And I think that's how, that's how life is. You know, our thing is, is that we don't, we don't see, <clears throat> we don't see the growth right now because the leaves have all been coming. You know, it's like you, you, you plant a seed, you don't see the flower right away, but the seed is still planted and the flower is blossoming. And, and, I guess in short, what I'm saying is, is you owe it to yourself to plant good seeds that are going to bear good fruit. You owe it to yourself to take a look at yourself and imagine if just for a moment, who you can become, what you can change, what you can create. I mean, we come from the, the, the creator. Our job is to create everything that we see around us all came from somebody's belief. They all came from somebody's mind, the iPhone that you use, the Android, they came from somebody's thought process. You have the same thing within you. Just allow yourself to take a moment to dream because I think that that's what happens when we're in a, a place of hopelessness is that we forget how to dream and we forget to believe that there's something more um, so that would be my message. Allow yourself to really believe that regardless of where you are right now, 
there's another road that you can take. And it just it begins with just sitting back and believing that it can happen. Believe. And, that you're, and you're worth it. You know, it's your life. It's time to get to living. Time to get to living. Fantastic. And where can people connect with you, Eric? Where can people find you? They can find me at my website, eric-sean.com, or they can reach out to me on Facebook, uh, Eric, Sean, Eric Sean Coach, um, or they can reach me on my Facebook at Elevated with a capital E Vibration. Dream and believe. I absolutely so appreciate you today. Thank you very, very much, Eric, for being brave to share your story. And we'll be sharing where to actually connect with you as well. You are so appreciated. You are the change that the world needs to see. And you can find the Victim to Victory podcast series on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and our Facebook group. Please subscribe, share and comment to help be the change that the world needs. And let me leave you with a message and thank Eric Sean for being our special guest today of step into your story, figure out who you are and do it on purpose. Bye for now. <laughs>